either. Yeah, I'm trying to remember summers where I went somewhere. And I think, you know, honestly, like a lot of summers, like, yeah, we took some trips and stuff like that. But back then, you, you really had a lot more freedom as, as a kid. You know, you could just kind of take your bike and kind of go wherever. So, like, I, I don't remember. I mean, I remember taking trips and stuff like that. But I, I only remember going to like a couple like camps and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Where I was gone for like a long period. And, and both of my grandparents live fairly close. So, you know, a trip with them was like, you know, a weekend, basically. Yeah. If if that so I I don't remember taking really long trips in the summer but well now they mentioned I'm glad that, we send, that Maya has that. yeah we send our daughter on on like to spend a couple of weeks with grandma and grandpa and because she like gets that. away yeah yeah she gets to see how other things work and stuff like that so because I remember Roxanne Hasso she lived remember, yeah. behind us yeah and we were friends uh-huh. we played a lot like basketball and stuff together yeah I'll have to bleep her name yeah joke keep going oh okay keep she, going she. Never spent any time away from home. Really? And in fact, one day I had convinced her to spend the night. Uh-huh. And mind you, our house is like, you could throw a stone and sure. hit our house. Yeah. And she couldn't make it through the whole night. So you, so you waited like 25 plus years to bring up like this most embarrassing story and then dropped her name on your incredibly popular podcast, might I add. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, wow. Well, you'll just have to bleep her name out. Yeah, no, this is going out live. No. This is broadcasting live right now. We're, Whatever. We're, we're going this out frequency modulation live. style. Yeah. Wow. They're using this to fill up gaps on NPR. That's how bad things have been. So I can't say shit fuck. Yes, you can. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can. Am I ready? <laughs> you weren't supposed to say it out loud. You're supposed to be like... Not go, am I ready? <laughs> that's that's why I mouthed it out. I was going to hit the theme. And instead, you looked at me and go, am, am I? Am I ready? <laughs> like it was a deep existential crisis you just had in front of me. Uh, I did not sleep well last night. Yeah. I'm it's going to be a great show, guys. I hope you enjoy All over it. the place today. So we've been doing this a full year at this point. Oh my god! Yeah, I think we're just a couple days shy when we when we released the first episode, which was, of course, Evil Dead. And now we are doing it as best we can for the one year anniversary. What are we covering this week? We're covering we're covering Evil Dead Rise. That's right. That's right. I'm Pedro, and I'm Meredith. This is Gritty Reboot, and we've been doing this a year, and we're going to celebrate by having our worst show ever. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah. A whole year. Yeah, yeah. What what have you what have you learned about podcasting in a year? You know? <laughs> what yeah, I, I didn't think it was gonna be that kind of pause. Like, hmm. I know that we've we have changed and grown since the beginning because I was thinking about this the other day. Yeah. About how how long it's been and how much we've done this and how much we've changed. I mean, we used to do podcasts and it was like 30 minutes. Yeah. But say the first evil dead show, I think it's like 33 minutes. Yeah. I didn't go back and listen to it today. Cause I listened to it a few months ago when I, I, I re recut them into stereo, but, or into mono, I should say. Yeah. Now we, we can go over an hour. Yeah. Easily, easily. We can go over an hour. So I think we've learned to, Kind of elaborate and yeah, you know, because in those first shows we, we weren't recapping like the movie. We were just kind no. of talking about certain points that we really liked. And then someone pointed out to me, like, listen, if someone hasn't seen the movie, 
and they get to your show and you don't talk about how the movie flows, they'll just go to another episode, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, well, we, we can always recap the movie as we sort of go through and talk about it that way. And it's been a better way to do it because I think we wanted to keep the show a little bit more brief. And now we know, like, not to bother with that, I guess. Yeah. Because if, if anything, our listenership went up when we did longer shows and we started. Yeah, I'm amazed at when you tell me that you edit some three-hour podcasts. Some of them come in, like, three hours. There was, like, a D&D podcast that, that they wanted me to do. And, like, they haggled the price down with me. And, like, that's what it was. It was, like, I mean, like, the most difficult edit you can imagine. Like, six guys, a few of them sharing a microphone. <laughs> and they haggled you down on price? Yeah, they, they haggled me down on price. And uh, I did one episode for them. And it wasn't a big deal because I, I doing a multi-person, multi-mic setup is not a big deal for me. I have a I have a good workaround in my, my work workflow for it because I'm, I'm such a loud speaker and you're such a quiet one. So I've had to compensate for that. So I, I it, it's really not an issue. And it wasn't necessarily an issue for those guys. It was almost automatic, but... Like those are the things like you think about, like as I was listening to it, I was like, who would listen to all three and a half plus hours of this? Yeah. 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 That's, that's a lot. Yeah. But apparently people do. I mean, they had the money to pay me. Well, they, I mean, they haggled, but they at least had enough money to pay me for one. But I mean, I feel like, you know, we, we go way long at like an hour and 10 minutes sometimes, but yeah. I know other podcasts are just chewing up three to four hours, uh, but I know people like, there's people on both sides of the issue. So mm-hmm. I like where our podcast is at now. I like how it's structured. Yeah. Um, that's what I was craving in the beginning is a little structure. And I don't think we had that. Now we do. Well, I think it took us a little while to figure out like how the hell we were going to like, yeah, do this. how we like, were going to do this. Like how, how serious was I going to be with research? And then like, obviously took a pretty deep dive into like making it sound better, you know, cause I just kind of assumed that like it would sound fine in our certain setup. And it, it really didn't in the first episode. Like you, you can go back and listen to that first episode. Like I've, I've mixed it again. So it doesn't sound as bad. But like that first mix was was really rough, and we recorded inside of a big empty room, mm-hmm. and it's very echoey and everything like that, and it bothered me. But you know now our shows don't really sound like that. I think the biggest sound snafu we have is the a fan in the background. But we live in Texas, so we can't record in a room that we're not going to run some kind of AC or fan in there. We yeah, I know European podcasters are like, yeah, so what? We don't even have AC, but I mean, you know, it is what it is, man. It's what we're used to. Yeah. So it was cosmic that we had an opportunity to cover Evil Dead again. As we got to about a year. Yeah. I guess I should straight up ask about Evil Dead Rise. We didn't see it in the theater. Now, now why didn't we do that? Oh, who knows? Like, we could have had it. We, we didn't have a babysitter. Yeah, or... I think or something like that. And we just missed it. And I, and I think we, we're still in a mindset where we're very spoiled of thinking, like, movies immediately come to HBO Max. Yeah. Or something like that. Like, we just, we have that feeling to us and stuff like that. And I know we, we waited for, for this one a little bit. April 21st, this came out a lot later than I thought it did. It came out 2023. Yeah. April 21st, 2023. And wow, that's a quick cut translation all the way over to video because it's already been out for a couple of weeks. Huh. But it's just how it goes now. Like, we waited and we were fine. We still saw a good movie. Yeah. But we, we I certainly wish we'd, we'd maybe spent some cash on it because this is the kind of movie I'd like to support financially. Mm-hmm. So as we say, in the year 2023, we were given Evil Dead Rise starring... Noah Paul as Bruce, Nell Fischel as Cassie, Nell Fisher as Cassie, Gabrielle Eccles as Bridget, Morgan Davies as Danny, Elisa Sutherland as Ellie, and Lily Sullivan as Beth. What's up, sis? I love most 
beautiful dream. It was the perfect day. And all I could think about was how much I wanted to cut you all open and then climb inside your bodies. <laughs> so that we could stay one happy family. <laughs> So, yeah, this movie was produced initially to be a straight-to-streaming kind of movie. Mm -hmm. You know, what we would know as direct-to-video. Yeah. It's not quite as dirty a term these days as it used to be, like, direct-to-video. Like, if you're in direct-to-video movie as, like, a a former movie star or a aging one, you'd be like, oh, God. Like, I remember the first time, like, Sylvester Stallone, I think it was, like, a movie called ICU, movie where he hunted a serial killer, like, in the early O's. It went straight-to-video, and I remember thinking, like, that's rough. When like they just look at a movie and like, you know what, let's just dump it. Let's not even bother. Yeah. Like that's when you know things are bad. But this is kind of what this movie was, but it went the opposite way. This movie tested so well and was screened and people really liked it. So they went the other way. Warner Brothers decided to give it a theatrical release. And this did pretty well for them. I think they brought in around $174 million domestically or worldwide, pardon me. Yeah, $146 million. I mean, that's a pretty good chunk of change for a movie that only ends up costing around 15 to 19 million, maybe another 10 million on yeah. top of that with advertising. So th- this was a real surprise, mm-hmm. you know, because that, that's one of the things at the end of the day that we can talk about is like Evil Dead has ended up becoming a long lasting and quality franchise because you're talking about the, the first three movies and there's almost almost like a, a holy grail, if you will. You know, you have the, the first movie, which is pure camp personified. The second movie, which is the greatest slapstick horror comedy ever made. And the third film, which is, you know, this wild time travel ride that puts the evil dead in medieval times and works out really well. Yeah. I think they're really good movies. Then you have the remake, which we talked about previously that we really, really love. I think it's a great evil dead movie that does a good job with the property, making it more horrific and scary than it originally was. I think or maybe it was supposed to be. And I, like I said, I think it's a quality film. I think you and I both agree on that. And a lot of other people do. They consider it underrated. That's the 2013 the version. 2013 version. Mm-hmm. And then we have the TV show, which was well-reviewed in its time. Mm-hmm. I liked the show. It wasn't my favorite of, of all the Evil Dead properties, but I did enjoy it. I'm glad yeah. that we got it. It was great to see Bruce Campbell in that part again. And it fit in really nicely with the lore, even if they weren't able to reference Army of Darkness because of some rights issues with Universal. And now we have Evil Dead Rise, Another attempt to sort of reboot the movies, and they were, like I said, going for a direct-to-video sort of feel for this, but this ended up being a much better movie than that, and got to theaters, and and now we have this to talk about. This is another great installment in the franchise. Quality. Yeah, and there's going to be another one. Yeah, yeah. This is, I mean, it's really fantastic, I think, what the Evil Dead franchise has become to where I sort of thought it was maybe in, like, 2003, Mm -hmm. you know, and I was just like, okay, we'll get some video games and that's it, you know. Maybe, maybe a movie, but I, I doubt it now to know that... You know, there's going to be another movie down the pipeline. We got all this stuff. There's a video game as well. Actually, there's been a lot of video games, but there's one out right now. It's like a multiplayer game. It's like um, the the Friday the 13th game or, or Dead by Daylight. Hmm. So how do we start? We start off with a Raimi cam. Yeah, Which, and that's the way an Evil Dead movie should always sort of start. Yeah. It's, that same, it's a very similar shot to what we see in the first movie. We see the camera kind of rise up over like a swampy area and just kind of fly through the woods while the sound comes up. 
but it's a, it's a well. We kind of know how he did that practically. Yeah. And now in this movie, it's done by a drone. Yeah, but it's a fake out because it's not actually yeah. the demonic spirit. It, it, it is. It's it is the drone legit. It, in, in the world of the movie, in the diegetic film, it is uh, the drone that does it. Yeah. It just happens to make the Evil Dead noise as a goof. You know what? I, I think it's a good way to start the movie, and it's a good little gag. I, I love everything about the intro to this movie. Yeah, we have a, a girl. I believe her name was Teresa. Mm-hmm. She goes inside a cabin to find her friend Jessica passed out on a bed. Yeah, so this is what we have here. She goes up there, and her friend is kind of just out. And so she sits down and just kind of starts reading in the corner. And this is a callback to an early, the, the first movie. Wuthering Heights. Yeah, she reads, yeah, she's reading Wuthering Heights. And as she continues to read the book, Jesse, right? Uh, Jessica, pardon me. Jessica sits up and begins to start reciting exactly what Teresa's reading. She's talking weird. Yeah, she's doing it in a weird voice and everything like that, and she's really creeping her out. And this is, if you remember the first movie where Ash's sister begins to name the playing cards as he's dropping them down. Mm-hmm. As they're dropping them down, it's it's a very similar gag. You know, it's, it's the same thing, and it's a nice callback. It really is. And it sort of starts the whole terror off as they start a struggle, and she does pull her ponytail and fucking scalp her. Yeah. She pulls off, like, the top of her hair. The top of her head, pardon me. Yeah, she chokes her and everything. Yeah, yeah. Really messes her up. She comes out stumbling in the next shot to the pier where he's still fucking around with the drone. Yeah. She basically stands there and grabs the drone and takes it to her own face. And she... Yeah, Jessica as mutilates herself yeah. as Deadites always do. She goes into the the lake, I yeah. guess, they're at. And he goes in after her because... Obviously, you know, she's something's wrong with her. He does he yeah, he he's doesn't he doesn't out of nowhere on Yeah, this. he has no idea that she's already dead and yeah. possessed by this demon. He's not aware of this fact at all. So this doesn't go well for him though. And yeah, he gets mutilated and his head and almost like his neck area is also yeah. thrown onto the pier. Yeah, just it's like his neck and kind of a little bit of shoulders were scooped out and thrown back onto the pier. Everything else was eaten or destroyed by Jessica Je- Dead Eye Jessica in the lake. Once Teresa sees this with her head bleeding from the scalp wound, Jessica as a deadite slowly rises. rises from the water. And as she does, the, the title card comes up behind her and the mountains in the background to say Evil Dead Rise. It's a great way to start a movie. Yeah, you know, uh, the, the remake had a really good intro as well. I think that was a better one, in, in my opinion, of, of working with the deadites and, and the knowledge of Evil Dead and everything like that. But this was also really, really good. So let me know we were off in a really good direction from the start of this movie. And then we get our next bit of information, which is one day earlier. Yeah. And uh, this time we are no longer in our normal Evil Dead location of the woods or medieval times. We are in the city, yeah. which is a, pretty much brand new for Evil Dead if you don't count the show. Yeah. And we are at the what the Monday Apartment Buildings. Which is an anagram for demon. Yeah. And yeah, that's right. And they are about to be torn down. This is the information that we learn from our lead characters, correct? Yep. And our, our lead characters are... Beth and Ellie, basically. And these are two sisters. Yeah, Ellie's the mom. Yeah, Ellie's a mom and a tattoo artist, and she's the mother to Danny, Bridget, and her youngest, Cassie. Yes. We find out before, I'm sorry, before we got here, we had one little scene where we introduce Beth, and we find out that she's pregnant. Yeah. This is how we get introduced to her. She's doing a pregnancy test on herself, and it comes back positive. So she's got to make a little bit of change because she's basically, she's guitar tech. Is what she does. Mm-hmm. Groupie is <laughs> how her sister refers to her. But yeah, but she does that. I guess for big bands, it's supposed to be implied. Like she's doing that for like, I don't know. What's a big band? Give me one. Aerosmith. A- Aerosmith. 
Aerosmith. Steven Tyler's going to jail. They're not a big band. Steven Tyler's going to jail? Yeah, he fucking made a memoir where he talked about banging 14 and 15-year-old girls. Oh, damn. Well, yeah, I mean, that. I mean, I'm not excuse me but it's just what guys did back in in the 70s and shit mm-hmm. like the fucking character from almost famous the one played by kate hudson the person she's inspired by was 14 or 15 when those events occurred yeah i knew she was young yeah yeah so like one of the one of david bowie's favorite favorite groupies was 14 or something like that so that was just a common thing that was sort of done then i'm not excuse i'm just saying that it was just it's how it was then you know it was wow. something it was something rock stars got to get away with jerry lee lewis married a 13 year old yeah, I know. Yeah, his cousin to boot. But once again, it was just it's, it's something celebrities have always kind of been able to get away with. Now, only now is it one of those things where celebrities just kind of can't do whatever they want in that respect. Yeah. We got a bit off topic. Yeah. Yeah. Where were we? So here's the thing. McCready walks in with the <laughs> blood vial. Oh, sorry. Let's start with there is an earthquake. Yeah, yeah. There is an earthquake. After we get introduced to the characters, we have the kids go down to get some pizza. Mm-hmm. And as they're on their way back, they're hit by like a 6.0 earthquake. Yeah, it's a pretty nasty one. And it's especially dangerous for them because they're in a parking garage. Yeah, the last place you under, really under be. Underground. Yeah. So a bunch of stuff caves in. A bunch of holes open up. But uh, one of the kids sees the, a hole open up and it looks to go down to like some kind of room or there's some kind of vault. Yeah, a bank vault. So, of course, being a curious little guy, he he wanders down there. Danny takes a look, and he sees a whole bunch of general normal stuff you might find in a vault. And then he t- turns a corner to, like, the realm of creepy shit, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's crucifixes everywhere. He's almost crushed by a falling crucifix that has Jesus' face on it, which I, I, I always like that when someone's almost killed by a crucifix. But there's all these crucifixes hanging over what looks like a sarcophagus, right? Mm-hmm. And at the bottom of that, there's a hole that he reaches into, and he pulls something out. Yep. And that is, of course, the Notorium de Monto, or we might know it as one of the books of the Necronomicon. Yeah. And we know the three books from Army of Darkness. Right. And this is one of them as well. So Ash, of course, has one in, in his trilogy. I'm not certain if the in the reboot from 2013, if that is a different book or the same one that Ash was supposed to have years later. I think it's a different book. They do have some similarities, but they have a lot of differences as well. So. I don't know if it's just an art design thing, but I think you're right. I do believe it is supposed to be a different mm-hmm. book. And this clearly is a, a different, different book. book. It has almost nothing in common with the the book from the original three films. It has a different lock, too. It's like teeth. Yeah, it's like teeth that are combined. And, and the art inside is nothing like the what, what we saw before in the first one. Uh, or really in the 2013 version, which also had great, grisly, nasty art inside of it. Yeah. And it's nothing like that at, at all. At all. So, of course, he sees this has to take it back. Yeah. That's what you do with a creepy book. He takes it home and literally bleeds on it. Yeah, because, I mean, like we talked about, like the the locking mechanism on the side is just some teeth. Mm -hmm. So he's trying to pry it open. Of course, one of the teeth pricks him. And like the second that hits the book, it It absorbs it, it. sucks it in and the teeth slowly open. And he, he opens the book up and they start to take a look at it. And he is intrigued by the pictures. But his sister is immediately sort of put off Freaked by it. Out. Yeah, and says, we need to put this book back because she's got a good head on her shoulders. Yeah. Like every now and then, like, if we were digging into our home, doing a repair, and I tore open the garage and found like a, a door that had a pentagram on it, you and I would be like, seal it up? Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Like, whip, seal it up. Let's don't never, let's never talk about this event again. Because we've seen enough horror movies to know we don't need that kind of shit in our Mm-mm. lives. Like the second she Bad sees what's in it, she's like, no, 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 this is like a demon book. Get it out. I don't want it in the house. 
And like I said, she's not wrong, but he has to listen to one of the records that also he was able to pick up with it as well. And these are, he is, he actually, he's a DJ. So he actually does have a setup of why he would have a turntable to play these. And he begins to play them. And the first record is of course, someone talking about what the book is, but just talking about it. The book of the dead. Yeah. He only gives an introduction and talks that he does want to use it, but he's unable to. It's not until Danny puts on the second record. Yes. That the words are going to be spoken on it. The incantation. Yeah. And then when he he does give this incantation, the power actually goes, he's unable to stop it. Once things start to go kind of crazy as like he feels the magic of the word sort of enter the room and the demons start to rise and the Raimi cam starts to appear. He tries to stop the the record player and it won't stop. Mm-hmm. You know, the power, no, nothing will change it. It's going to play no matter what. He's screwed. And, of course, the the demonic forces come in and they immediately attack Ellie as she is coming out of the elevator, out of the elevator. And we get a scene that's a great parallel to the original's tree rape scene. That's a weird thing to say. But we do get a a parallel to what's in the first movie and the second movie and a bit in the reboot as well. This is that version, except we're done with elevator cables Mm -hmm. where they're sort of holding her and restraining her as the demon takes her and begins to kill her. Yeah, she hears weird noises. She hears all kinds of crazy shit. The cables are wrapped around her neck and body. She just gets kind of brutalized in in the elevator. Yeah, yeah, she does. She's becoming evil or demonic. Yeah, and that's what it does. Like, there's a great, like, arm snapping sort of sound and scene in that. It's a really brutal sequence as it takes her. And she comes back to the apartment just a bit different. Yeah, and we get the scene that we came in on from the trailer, which is where she puts up frying she's making pan, eggs. And she's just throwing the egg shells and all into the frying pan and cooking it. And everyone is very curious about what the hell is going on with her. And she begins to start threatening the family as deadites do. And as things begin to escalate, she kind of runs around the room a little bit. And then there's a moment of lucidity from Ellie. Yeah. Where she just tells one thing to her sister to save her children. Mm-hmm. And she vomits everywhere, and that, and she canonically died. That is it. She is dead, and the demon has her. She vomits so much yeah. white stuff. And this is a new bit, I think, for the Evil Dead, where we see this little bit of a person before the dead eye completely takes them. Yeah. And I, I like that. I do. The way she did it, it's like, it's inside me. She has like just a, a quick little moment like that, and then, of course, she says, you know, save her kid. I, I really like this moment, and when she goes out, then all hell breaks loose, mm-hmm. because the Deadite is free to do whatever the hell the Deadite wants. Well, Beth thinks her sister's dead, but she's not. Yeah. She sits right up in bed. They think she's burning up, to, that she has a fever. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they do. So they, they want to cool her down and put they her in put the her tub. put her in the tub. There we go. They want to put her in the tub, and so once they do that, she goes in the tub and begins to freak out. Yeah. And she, like, whoosh, catapults on herself the on the ceiling. Uh, it's a really cool shot. She's hanging there upside down, freaking. And everyone's completely freaked out at this moment. And she screams. Yeah, because you can't deny anything supernatural sort of at this moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because who could stay up like that in the corner with just their arms and legs? Well, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to even imagine. You'd have to have a whole lot of upper body strength. Yeah, you really would. Yeah. Yeah. And then some. And yes, that's the takeaway from this core, <laughs> core strength, upper body strength, no strength in the legs, Un- right. just not necessary. After she screams loudly, they start to kind of back up a little bit and she, uh, she attacks them with a piece of broken glass. 
Yeah, this is the thing. When she revives, she she does attack them, and she wounds Beth, and she wounds Bridget, but she wounds Bridget a little bit more severely, right? Yeah. They end up locking her outside. Yeah, they are able to get the advantage on her. And, uh, and she ends up killing, like, everyone outside. Like, yeah, basically, like, the, the rest of the people who are Kids. out there, She there's kind of a boyfriend character that she, kind of, well, not like a boyfriend, but like a love interest sort of character. And she goes over and she eats his eye. Yeah. She eats his eye right out of his head and he kind of stumbles around. And it's like a massacre scene where she goes out there and the rest of the family kind of hears it and sees a little bit of it through the people as they barricade the door. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a pretty cool scene, to be perfectly honest. I, I really like this, that level of carnage, and that she makes a bunch more deadites out there. Yeah. It's, it's very cool. Like, this is the kind of stuff that I want to see from an expansion of the franchise. Expand some shit. Show me some things I haven't seen before in the series. Mm-hmm. Like, I was telling you the other day about that unproduced Friday the 13th script, where they had Jason in the snow. And I was like, what a neat idea to do with a long-running franchise. Just one little thing to mix it up that's not as stupid as going to space. You know, just something like that, I, I, I think, can always be helpful. And like I said, this has a neat idea of something else to do in the Evil Dead franchise, which is a real body count you can build up in an apartment building. Yeah, and how she kind of turns them so easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we did not mention earlier, like, the whole apartment, any kind of transportation is pretty much destroyed. Yeah. Like, the, even the stairway is something they can't go down because it's locked, right? Yeah. So they, they are completely effing trapped in that situation. They cannot get out. So their best option is basically that. They've kicked her out and they barricaded that door. And then we get a scene from the trailer where she s- sings from the hallway and Cassie comes to the door. Yeah, she has a chance like to kind of taunt like all the family. And like they, they all sort of eventually ignore her, but Cassie stays behind and she's able to use that dead-eyed power you know, to, to slowly manipulate Cassie. And as this is, is going on... We have Bridget. Bridget is in her room. And j- just as, as always happens with deadites and some injuries, the wound is beginning to slowly spread and she's beginning to turn into a deadite. Yeah, she starts having black liquid come, for, come from every orifice. She yeah. vomits maggots. All kinds of shitty things happen to yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. It's a really nasty transformation. She's lucid of all of it. Yeah, it slowly, slowly kills her. Because that's what it is. You can't become a dead-eye until you're dead. And that's the thing. It slowly kills you once that happens. It, it's mostly over, except for the time it happened to Ash. But <laughs> Yeah. Well, he's special. Yeah, he's different. Ash, Ash, he was in the Necronomicon, so he was supposed to always survive. Anyway, th- so we have this tension building. So as Cassie opens the door and is tricked by her mother, she comes in and she starts to raise hell as Cassie runs into the, into the fray to also get in on the action that she's a complete dead-eye now. Yeah, Cassie can't resist and unlocks the door, only to be strangled by her own mother. Now Bridget's acting strange, and she's on the counter eating glass from a wine bottle, wine glass. Yeah, yeah, they find her doing that. I thought it was a, a, a glass, just a, it was a bottle or a glass. It's a wine glass. A wine glass. So yeah, she's just she's chomping on that. I I know it was a wine glass because if you know anything about wine glasses, they're very thin glass. Yeah. And so when you're breaking it like that, you know that shit's sharp. Yeah. You okay. know that shit's sharp. Yeah. Uh, the sound effect for it, particularly grizzly, that, yeah. that sharp glass and the that wet, wet meat sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, really good sound work again for a movie like this. So they do that and they discover that she, of course, is possessed. And this does begin another big fight between everybody here. She attacks Beth. Yeah, she does attack Beth. Uh, and then she turns on Danny and Cassie. And this does lead to a little bit of back and forth. And we have what Stephanie is it what the the doll is? 
think so. Yeah, instead of Stephanie, it's Stephanie. Cassie has cut the head off one of her dolls, and she has put it on the end of basically what is a stick with a sharp point at the end. Mm -hmm. And she uses that to impale her sister as she charges forward at her. Yeah. Yeah. So she dies. Yeah, she she is incapacitated as a Deadeye. Deadites can be incapacitated, but they cannot be killed. Yeah. And that's the one thing that we want to stress. And and we get more background on that as basically at this point, they've, they've been able to keep the mother outside again. And what's her face? The other dead-eyed is dead or is incapacitated. Like Bridget. Bridget. Thank you. Bridget is incapacitated. And so Beth takes an opportunity to listen to the third record. Mm-hmm. And as she listens to the third record, she finds out more information. And we get a couple things here in this sequence. We get uh, the Bruce Campbell cameo, mm-hmm. which is when things go poorly. He's like, no. It's called the Deck Book of the Dead for a reason. And so that's kind of interesting. And we do get, and it's it's not a good listen, by the way, because basically she finds out this guy completely fucked himself with all these deadites. And yeah, and he could fucking fuck the person that stumbles onto those records. I mean, destroy the fucking records. Yeah, he never should have left. Hello. A, yeah, he should at least he should have destroyed the second record. Yeah. And only left the first that explains what the book is, and the third and the fourth that explained what happened when he read from the book. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, so that's the way he should have left it, but he did not. And this whole time, Dead-Eyed Ellie is outside, and she hears a cat, cat. a neighbor's cat, mm-hmm. in the ductwork, and it gives her an idea. Now, I love movie air vents and ducks, because they're always so clean. Yeah. And yeah, if you ever look inside of an air, they're fucking filthy. Just god-awful filthy. But she is able to get in there, and it leads to really one of the best scares in the movie, which is as Beth is listening to the end of the record where he's talking about having to dismember all the deadites, that's the only way to do it. Ellie comes in from the, the, vent. the vent from the ceiling, and you might miss it if, you, if your brightness is too low on your mm-hmm. TV or you're simply just not paying attention. It's a really cool scare as uh, she comes in and everything begins to escalate again as, of course, what happens to Bridget? Never dead, just incapacitated. Yep, she comes back. She stabs Danny in the arm. Yeah, she puts like the blade like right through Danny's arm. Mm-hmm. Right through it. Meanwhile, mom comes through the vents where Beth is and attacks her. Beth gets a good shot in, but puts scissors right through her skull. Beth and Cassie try to escape, but mom comes back. I do like the um, the scissor death. Well, it's not a death, incapacitation. I mm-hmm. say. That's, it's really well done. Because the scissors were set up earlier in the movie. She had had them hidden under her bed and uh, just didn't want to return them. And it's one of those forgettable things. Until later in the movie, under the bed, she's able to pass the scissors. And I, I like that. And it's a good little effect as well. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to point that out. Well, mom comes back, like I said. And then all the other corpses in the hallway start coming back. Yeah, yeah. Because they're deadites. And we get this whole dead by dawn, which is carried throughout all the movies. Even the 2013 one, right? I don't remember if it's don't in that one. I think so. Did we talk about best pregnancy? Did, did, we, did we mention that? Yeah, we did. Okay, I, I, I didn't know what. No, but Ellie tries to rip the oh, fetus no, out right before. Yeah. That's what causes her to push the sand. And at that point, the reason I wanted to mention at that point, Cassie is aware that that is no longer her mother. Mm-hmm. That's the moment when she says, no, you need to kill her to get out of the situation. At that point, she can't be fooled again. And it does come into play later. But to me, that's the moment when she, she realizes that her mother's dead. And whatever that thing is, is not her mother. Well, Beth and Cassie end up in the elevator because it's their only hope because they're trying to run from the deadites. Yeah, yeah. They know they shouldn't use it, but they go into the elevator and they hit it. And it, it does appear to work for a brief moment, but for only for the moment. briefest of moment. 
And then our little shining moment comes into play as the elevator begins to fill with blood. Mm-hmm. And I mean, fill with blood, absolutely covering them. Like, you know, they are swimming in it, like up to the very top of yeah. the elevator to stay afloat. And they are going to drown in all of that blood as their hands of the deadites reaching in from the top. They're absolutely screwed and they're saved by the crappy workmanship of the elevator <laughs> and the fact that it's beat to shit because the brakes give out because of all the water and the deadites mm-hmm. on the top. They fall to the bottom and the blood saves them as they come <laughs> rolling right out of the elevator shaft. And then we get the, f- well, oh, actually we missed it, didn't we? The mom and the Danny and Bridget yeah. form into the Marauder. Yeah, this whole time while they are dealing with this issue, we do not see what, they basically go away for a minute and they form into a brand new form of Deadite. And we do see it in the book. The book actually opens up and like slowly yeah, you can see it. Uh, reveals itself in a really cool camera shot that it's like a tracking shot right to it. And you see the, the Marauder and the Marauder is a cool effect when it comes together, because as they get to the bottom of the the stairway, we, we see that as they're in the parking garage mm-hmm. as it begins to stalk them and they're trying to get the hell out of there. And then we have an all out battle Royal with Cassie Beth and the Marauder. Yeah. Taunting them all the way like any Deadite would. And now this is where we get some setup earlier in the movie. One of the neighbors had a landscaping and tree business, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So he has, of course, what is needed for this finale. A wood chipper. Yeah, what's what's in the parking lot there? A wood chipper. Yeah. And the other thing you need to fight Deadites? A fucking chainsaw. Of course. So, yeah. Can't have an Evil Dead movie without a chainsaw. So, of course, we go through this gigantic fight. And Beth finds a way to get out, but Cassie is unable to. She's captured, right? Yes. And she's about, she's, they're trying to like conform to her, bring her into the marauder shape. And Beth fights her way back into the structure again, kicks in some fencing, right? Mm -hmm. To come back in and to get the chainsaw and to take it to the marauder to save Cassie. Yeah. And so she does that and she does deliver the line, come get some. Mm -hmm. Which is very cool. And she does a great job delivering the line and and they, they start this big ass fight. And so she does battle with the thing with that. Cassie flips on the wood chipper and they force the marauder into it and push her into the wood chipper. Mm-hmm. And she could slowly push through. And the only thing you can do to kill a dead, I completely dismember it. Yeah. And that, that's what happens. You, everything is left except for Ellie's head, right? Yep. Who taunts her. <laughs> taunts one her one last time. time. You're going to be a terrible mother. Boom. Kicks her right into the wood chipper. End of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> no, kicks her right in there and that, that kills her. And they are able to escape. They get the fuck out of there. But it ends with the evil dead getting yet another victim. We come back to the intro again. We see Jessica. Mm-hmm. She comes down the stairs talking about having a great time. And that disembodied force that doesn't have, only has those little meaty chunks to possess, take her over. And that's how we get the evil to spread once again. And we'll it's back where it belongs in the woods. Yep. I really, really like this movie. I can't stress that enough. I, I enjoy the hell out of it. It's not my favorite on the franchise, but evil dead two is literally one of my favorite movies ever made. This is a really fun horror movie. And I'm glad to say there's another entry in the evil dead franchise. That's not just worth watching. It's a hell of a film and a great ride. Yeah. Like Sam Raimi should be very proud of himself. That As a producer inspired. Yeah. So much talent. Yeah, yeah, because I, I think Fetty Alvarez brought a really good take on it as well. And I, I think Cronin also brings a, a really good look to the to the franchise as well. Mm-hmm. I think the movie has style. For the budget it was shot in, the movie certainly has style. Great effects work. I really could not be more impressed with this movie at the budget level it was made at. 
even with an, an infusion of cash at the end, still looks really good. Yeah. There's a lot of other big budget movies that don't look as nice as this flick. So that's point to it. I know there's no real stars in it, but that just helps the horror in my opinion. I liked the 2013 movie a little bit more than this one, but still a very good movie. I enjoyed it. It wasn't bad at all. Here's some trivia for you, all you folks. Director Lee Cronin, in an interview, said that they used 6,500 liters or 1,720 gallons of the fake blood for the movie. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, there is the elevator scene. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's an Evil Dead film. You're going to use a ton of blood. And this movie had a scene that used a ridiculous amount of blood. Yeah. So you're, you're going to see it pile up. The pizza place that they get in the beginning of the movie is called Henrietta's, which is a reference to Henrietta Nobi, the demon in the basement in Evil Dead 2. Yeah, yeah. That was, uh, of course, uh, played by Ted Raimi, uh, T- uh, Sam Raimi's brother. And that obviously creature has lived on pretty long in the franchise. She shows back up in the TV show again. I believe also played by Ted Raimi again in his 50s. And uh, she's in the video game as well that's been released. So that character has lived on for a very long time. And I do like this little reference. There's even a a caricature of her on the box Mm -hmm. that I I enjoy. So I think the pizza box says come get some. Yes, it does. It says come get some. So, yeah. The film opens with the sound of a fly. This is the same exact sound used throughout different entries dating all the way back to the original in the franchise and has become a tradition to appear at least once. Yeah, yeah. They just use a lot of that fly sound effect in the original film because it was just a, a stock sound effect that they had. They probably recorded some flies off some meat. And so they just use that to fill dead air. To get into character of an alternate personality, actress Alyssa Th- Sutherland took inspiration from Jim Carrey's performance as Stanley Ipkiss in The Mask. That's a weird way to take a look at it, in all honesty. I wouldn't consider that one of those performances like that, but whatever she drew, I, I think was fantastic. I think that deserves to be, to be mentioned. I think she's probably my favorite, like dead eyed in the entire franchise. Mm-hmm. What, what all she's able to do, I think with her body and the way she moves, not just that, but the taunting and everything like that, the way she plays off, you know, who she used to be and everyone's fears and stuff that she knows about. that's probably the best element of it. You know, that's what this movie does better than any other film. Mm -hmm. The way it nails what, like the real horror of like a dead eye coming after you, somebody you love as a dead eye coming after you, your sister, your mother, you know, it it really does that perfectly. I didn't really find this movie very scary. No, I I don't think so as well, but I found that element to be particularly unsettling. Like if it's a lot of blood and gore, but it wasn't very scary. It was an entertaining movie. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's perfect for the franchise. So, Inside the cabin in the prologue of the film is a ticking clock on the wall. It's the same clock as as the one Cheryl is drawing in Evil Dead. Yeah, that's a great reference, by the way. I like that as well. Yeah, one little extra thing from back in the cabin, a connection, you know, from reboot to reboot in that series. Mm -hmm. It's nice. If you look at Ellie's arm, they're wrapped in tattoos of vines. This is a nod to Cheryl from the Evil Dead, Bobby Joe from the Evil Dead 2, and Mia from the Evil Dead, who were all attacked and bound by vines. I like how you keep referring to them as the Evil Deads. The Evil Dead 2. Yes, it is a reference. That's their title. No, the, I think the first one is just the Evil Dead. The second one's just Evil Dead 2. That's how it was written in the thing. Okay. So, I don't know. No, I just, I know the original film. It is uh, the official. The Evil Dead is the title. Okay. This is the only Evil Dead film not to feature the 1973 Oldsmobile Delta 88 Royale. Yeah, because it's not directed by Raimi. And that is all the facts that I have. 
Yeah, I believe not a the, whole lot of great ones. Yeah, the last time we saw the Oldsmobile was in um, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, that we saw it there it was floating around in the destroyed world, and that's okay. Listen, it doesn't have to be in every movie like that. It's a Sam Raimi staple, not necessarily an Evil Dead one, but it was in the the, the reboot, the other 2013 reboot. We're just calling this film Rise to make it easy. But yeah, just a, once again, a solid romp all the way around. Mm-hmm. Enjoyed this flick immensely. Check it out if you haven't seen it. If you're an Evil Dead fan, you got to do it right now. If you're an Evil Dead fan and you've already seen it, watch it again. Reviews. 3.0 user review. Okay. 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. 6.6 IMDb. And the reviews this week weren't very good. I tried to find a really good one, but... I couldn't find one, so I found two of them that I think that you'll enjoy, and they're kind of short, so. First one. This one's called Insult to Original Movies. This movie starts off promising, but quickly goes south. The attempts at dark humor are big misses, and as the movie goes on, realize how just how bad all the acting is. The dialogue is weak, and the characters are even weaker. Every character is a cliche, especially the smart-mouthed, precocious little girl. I mean, seriously. How many more times do we have to see this character in movies? Yawn. So not only was the movie bad, but they, of course, had to top it off by having a male role stolen by a female. Seriously, this was an all-female cast, and it's bad enough we have to continue to suffer with this precocious little girl routine and the constant shoveling down our throat with the strong, independent female leads. But now we have female playing male roles, how do all those hardworking males in Hollywood really feel about their jobs being taken? When's it going to be the white man's My turn? My guess is... When's it going to be the white man's turn? Because there really are no real men left in Hollywood. <laughs> yes, yeah, a bunch of... I love that review. Yes, yeah, it's just a bunch of... Just a bunch of women taking over. That's right. And there's a bunch of cucks. That's it. They're wearing their gender-neutral robes everywhere and drinking their soy lattes. This is... This guy has never been laid. No, probably not. Probably not. And if he did, it was probably all. And he paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> so some poor girl laid there and just like, just just finish this up, man. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, that was a terrible. I'm, I'm glad you got to read one of those because that was ridiculous. Just absurd. Yeah. Here's the second one. So some secret sect of Catholic priests decided to hide their vault of treasure under a parking garage to an apartment complex. Sure. Then they make records going in or... One, two, three, okay. They expect you not to play them in order because the third one warned you not to listen to the second one. Why not just place the second, third one as the second one or break the second one? So anyways, this family who lives in this apartment suffers the consequences because somebody didn't know how to pl- replace a record or break it. The gore was subpar compared to the greatness of the last Evil Dead characters. Don't give you any reason to care about them. You make the main protagonist a guitar tech and incorporate that once to turn on a light or something, but not to put together a badass weapon or something. This movie feels like <laughs> multiple missed opportunities and does not advance the series of Evil Dead at all. A lot of reviews have run on sentences, and I am ashamed. <laughs> I'm ashamed. Like, yeah, like th- there's, there's nothing wrong with a run on sentence. It happens. Yeah. Every now and then you want to express nine thoughts in a sentence. It happens. Sometimes it's just the way it is. But you shouldn't make a review that is just one sentence. Dude. <laughs> but I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I was um, I was looking at someone's letterbox account earlier, a buddy of mine, and I mentioned that to him. I was like, you know, like a lot of your shorter reviews are just like a paragraph that's one sentence. Yeah. 
He's like, is that bad? I was like, well, it doesn't make for great reading. He's not a native English speaker. speaker. He's Italian, but he, he does. He does speak very good English from everything I can tell you. And it's just one of those things I was saying, like, you just can't have it be that because uh, people won't read it in that respect. We, we don't take you seriously if we just have run on sentence. Mm-hmm. We don't. Well, my mom's an English teacher. Or yeah, and that's, an that's another teacher. thing that does it as well. And I'm, I'm going to be ashamed. I'm a pretty poor speller, if we're going to be perfectly honest. But I, I've always taken my grammar fairly seriously, even though I will admit I do get very shy because I have a lot of British friends that I chat with and I play NBA 2K with and make memes with and stuff like that. But And they say Willist a lot. Willist, you go down to the, like, you know, you do that, Willist, you do this. And I was like, well, I mean, I guess. Whilst. Yeah. So it just, it, it's, <laughs> yeah, I just say, I say wow. Wow. Yeah, it's whilst here. Yeah, wow. And that's very proper. You say whilst here in a sentence, people will be like, are you from here? You just don't use that, especially in Texas. Yeah. It's too too proper. But I I always like to make fun of my British buds about that. Because one of them, he he refuses to call his, the guy who lives with him his roommate. He's his flatmate no matter what. And I've heard British guys say roommate, so it's a colloquial thing. Don't matter. I know where you live, so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying what they call cigarettes, though. All right. Roger Ebert has been dead for many years and did not review Evil Dead Rise. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure he might have dug this movie. Maybe. Call me crazy. I think he'd have dug it. I think he'd have dug it. Did he like the originals? Yeah, he did. He gave the... I can't the, remember. I don't think he officially reviewed the first movie. I think movie. we were doing reviews like that. But again. no, we, we, we didn't have the Ebert thing back then. He did like the 2013 reboot of Memory Serves Me. And he gave three stars to Evil Dead 2. He really, really liked Evil Dead 2. He pointed out in his show, like, what a fun movie it was. He, he did, like, Cisco wasn't as enamored with it, but I think they both gave it a thumbs up. So, yeah, I, I guess he is sort of a fan. He didn't have as nice a thing to say about Army of Darkness, but, I mean, which is, is fair. I can understand as a critic why he might not have been as warm on that movie. Yeah. But, yeah, other than that, it, it is what it is. I think he'd have dug this, so. Do you think he would have dug the 2013 one more? Yes. I think that's a better movie all around. Yeah. I do. I think it's just a better film. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. There's no insult to this one. Just I think that's no. a really perfect reboot. And it's scary. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think so. I love yeah. that opening scene. And it keeps that kind of feel throughout the rest of the film. So do you have any other final thoughts besides me saying this is like a eight and a half out of ten? Yeah. No, I, I think I'm good. All right. Great final thought. Great yeah. Final thought. I'm, I'm good. My final thought is remember to spay or neuter your pets. No. you don't, Actually, you should do that. By yeah. Don't you, let your pets breed out of control, guys. That's a bad idea. Don't catch and release. Catch and release. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. So it's a program okay. where you catch cat. cats. Catch cats. And you take them to your vet and your vet will give you a spe- special price to have it neutered. Oh. And then you release. So you do catch and release. So it cuts down on the cat population. Yeah, because cats are, are cute, but they are vicious, vicious predators. And they breed like crazy. Yeah, and they, they kill a lot of the animals and stuff that we would prefer to have around, some of the birds mm-hmm. that we prefer to have around. They, they really are vicious predators. I mean, that's what they're, that's what they're made for. But we keep the mice away. Though. Yeah, we, we keep them out of control. Yeah, it's very true. We have a few tomcats in the neighborhood, and they've kept like all the rats away. They don't keep the raccoons away. No, they're, because the raccoons are too big. Yeah, it's like, a, like the rock. I know. Neighbor. But uh, Robert crushing scissors. So, all right. And none of this has anything to do with Evil Dead. It's a terrible way to end the show. I feel like Bob Barker and we went off on a tangent. All right, guys. Um, so, the, oh, yeah. The social media. What's social media, Meredith? I don't have one. Fuck social media. But we do have social media. So, uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at grittyrebootcast at gmail.com. Or you can just hit us up at grittyreboot at Instagram or TikTok. And uh, we'll get back to you there with any question. 
any sort of critique. If you have a movie request that you'd like to, we've gotten a few through there. Uh, we really have. So if you if you do want to do a movie, uh, like I said, that's the best way. And we'll, we'll do pretty much anything. You don't tell me that we get movie requests. Yeah, we do. Dude, you should tell me these things. Yeah. I think that people are actually Why do you think we did The Hills Have Eyes? Oh. Yeah, we did The Hills Have Eyes, yeah. Cool. Tutor requested, but we, I know tutors. That's not the big deal. That's why I didn't point it out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. Good thoughts. Yeah. Well, then I had I was working to the end of the show and you interrupted it. Sorry. Now I can't. Now, goodbye. Love you guys. Get out of here. Go home. I'm, turn off the show. Kill your workout. Whatever you're doing, pull over. Go do something else. All right. The show's over. Bye.